They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Greg and Phil. Hello, everybody. I'm not going to lie. I got thrown for a fucking loop not having the extra, like, two minutes or a minute in, in front of all that. They're off to yeah. a quick start here tonight. But that is for good reason. Welcome, everybody, to the G Triple P Show. I am one of the P's alongside the Reverend Gregory Jay Atkins. Greg, how are you this evening? You're not just one of the P's. You're the P. Uh, I'm I'm doing all right, I guess. I'm getting by. I'm surviving. Uh, we've got a uh, really jam-packed show that has resulted in the changing of our show's format. Uh, what is it? Four times since Sunday evening? Um, a lot of breaking news. It might be one of the b- bigger news dumps in... Uh, recent memory um at least ever since we've been doing the show uh but i'm good other than that uh how about you phil how are you tonight good good about to enjoy enjoy a couple days away from the workplace thanks to a convention that i Uh, yes that i don't actually have to go to that apparently nobody fucking goes to anymore um which is really weird uh and i i realized today that uh in the span of about an hour um i discussed with people how to gamble on blackjack nice. uh, announced that i was a minister and scared the shit out of somebody because they found out that i've surfed a couple times so it was really weird uh and <laughs> all, all with the same like group of, of people and it was just like the most non-linear like how do you get from explaining blackjack probability to being a minister to you know checking magic seaweed to go surfing <laughs> but uh yeah so that's that's the highlight of my week so far no, no november must be the favorite time of the year for the teachers uh if i remember correctly from when i went to school oh, that was typically the month that was typically the month with the uh most days off um i remember senior year matter of fact i think we only had school five or six actual days uh between in services and holidays and well, yeah, it was ironically, I had to go to school yesterday, even though it was election day. I was a little upset about that. And Veterans Day, they no longer give all four, apparently, in most places. So, yeah, that, it's like uh, a really weird, like, it's not as veterans, much as it used to be. Right. The Veterans one is news to me. Yeah, it's weird. I think it started like two years ago. I noticed it. I was like, what the hell is going on with this? Like, I thought we always had all four, but I think it's literally because of how much, how many other days you have off right before it. Right. I think one year I had like five days off in a row. And I think that was I think that was the breaking point. I think we had five days off in a row. They're like, this is fucking done. We're this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh the, the Veterans Day thing is is news to me. The election day though, I, I got I think I only got off election days where I went to school uh, on the years presidents were elected if and if what my school was being used as a polling place. Um because I remember being very confused by that as a kid. I'm like, wait a minute, we had off on this day last year. How come we don't have it off this year? Uh, but all right, I don't know why we're not. See, th- this just goes to show you about the talk you had about blackjack that somehow went to surfing. Somehow we're now getting into the semantics of school days. But uh, like I said at the top of the show, we have a very, very news-heavy episode. 
Um, so I figured we should just get right into it. And for that, I'm going to send it over to you for the, the rundown. And now, the rundown. Well, Greg, we have so much news. I basically forgot to write a legit rundown for this, so let's hope I don't blow it. Speaking of blowing it, it appears to be that Derek Hendry, Derek Hendry, Derek Hendry no longer has a name. Henry. Uh, speaking of lacking anywhere to go, Deshaun Watson apparently is staying put for the time being, while Von Miller is headed to L.A. We are going to check in on King Crablegs himself, but not before we get to see what happened in college football, really what didn't happen, and a little spin around the wide world of sports, maybe a little spin around the bases for the last time this year, Greg. But before that, hit me with the news. I really wanted to work the King Crab Leg thing in earlier with the Derrick Henry injury, but I, after I said Hendry, it just threw me the hell off. <laughs> Hendry. 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 And it's a bit like Wait. that's just anybody that has seen that movie is going to get that reference immediately. Uh, and anyone that's seen Jameis Winston's arrest record will get the other reference. So <laughs> uh, with that, on with the news. So uh, we do start tonight with a very uh, extremely unfortunate story. Um, this coming courtesy of ESPN News. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was released from a hospital into a Las Vegas jail ahead of an initial court appearance Wednesday on multiple felony charges after a fiery pre-dawn vehicle crash that left a woman dead and Ruggs and his female passenger injured, police and his attorney said. Uh, Ruggs, who just turned 22, and his passenger were both hospitalized with unspecified injuries that police said did not appear life-threatening after the Chevrolet Corvette he was driving slammed at high speed into the rear of a Toyota RAV4 on a busy thoroughfare in a residential area several miles west of the Las Vegas Strip about 3.40 a.m. Tuesday. The Toyota burst into flames and the driver and her dog died. Uh, police said the woman, was not the, woman the, the victim, was not immediately identified. Police are prohibited by federal privacy law from disclosing medical information, said Officer Larry Hadfield, a department spokesman. Now, Ruggs faces felony charges of driving under the influence of alcohol resulting in death and reckless driving court records showed early Tuesday. Uh, probation is not an option in Nevada for a conviction on a charge of DUI causing death, which carries a possible sentence of 2 to 20 years in state prison. The possible sentence for reckless driving is 1 to 6 years in prison with probation available. Now, in regards to his NFL status, uh, and this is the joke of it all, players charged with a felony are eligible to be placed on the commissioner's exempt list, where, of course, they'll still get paid but are ineligible to practice or play while the case is being held. Uh, on Tuesday afternoon, reps for the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders released a statement saying, quote, The Raiders are aware of the incident involving Henry Ruggs III that occurred this morning in Las Vegas. We are devastated by the loss of life, and our thoughts and prayers go out to the victim's family. We are in the process of gathering information and will have no further comment at this time. While nowhere near the realm of seriousness as this unfortunate incident, the Raiders have had to deal with a lot of off-the-field issues in 2021. From the leaked John Gruden emails uh, leading to him parting ways with the team, we covered that a few weeks back, to another issue with driving under the fluence earlier this year that I feel like all of us, maybe even including us, forgot about. Uh, back on just January 4th of this year, 
Raiders Pro Bowl running back Josh Jacobs was involved in a single car accident and arrested for DUI after a crash near the McCarran Airport connector and East Sunset Road at 4.42 in the morning, hours after the Raiders' season finale victory at the Denver Broncos. Uh, But an ensuing investigation found Jacobs' blood alcohol level was below the legal limit and DUI charges were not filed at that time. And that is not the only sad connection to this story. For those of you unfamiliar with Henry Ruggs, uh, apparently he had a childhood friend named Rod Scott who uh, died in a car accident in 2016. And Ruggs, ironically, pays tribute to him by putting up three fingers to the sky. Scott wore number three in football. Uh, He does it after big plays. Uh, Now, with 24 catches for 469 yards and two touchdowns, Ruggs' 19.5 yards per catch average is second in the NFL among pass catchers with at least 20 receptions. Ruggs was drafted for his speed. He ran a 4.27-second 40-yard dash at the combine and the ability to stretch the field, and all four of his career touchdowns have been at least 46 yards or more. Uh, Shortly after midnight Wednesday morning, the Raiders released Henry Ruggs. Later on this afternoon, meaning today, Wednesday, uh, more details emerged, including that Ruggs was driving 156 miles per hour just seconds before the crash. He had dropped down to 127 miles per hour at the time of impact when the airbags deployed. His blood alcohol content was 0.161, which is just over twice the legal limit. Uh, The legal limit in Nevada is 0.08, as it is in most states. Uh, Additionally, a loaded gun was also found in the car. His mugshot became available to the public just a few hours ago, showing a disoriented look and a badly injured Ruggs in a neck brace, and it was announced that bail was set at $150,000, which spokespeople believe Ruggs should surely be able to make. So, Phil, I don't really think this is a place to get into the discussion necessarily about the impact this has on the Raiders' offense or the team's postseason hopes. Uh, You know, we're not David Carr, uh, brother of Raiders quarterback Derek Carr and current NFL Network analyst, who did just that, mind you, mere hours after this incident went down, needed to compare the situation to the struggles that uh, Derek Carr has gone through this season and why it's uh, making his case for MVP. Uh, And somehow he still has a job, Uh, David, that is. Uh, It's just not the time of the place. So I just want to get your thoughts on the whole situation in general, and then we can uh, we can kind of move on. It's unbelievably sad. And it's it's a shame because, you know, this happens anywhere. This happens everywhere. You, You see this constantly. Sure. Um. Not just with athletes. I mean, I would be lying if I said we all hadn't risked something at one time or another driving under the influence. But the the scary part here is twice the legal limit. And it's a lot of alcohol. And the 156 miles in it. Like that just the the lack of of judgment there shown is just unbelievable. And it really is just a tragedy that that had to happen to somebody because of really unbelievably poor decisions on his part. You know, we we you wake up, you know, you don't think that this is the kind of thing that's going to happen to you. So for for that woman that was involved and her family, like I, you know, our, our condolences. I, not that anybody's ever going to hear from us, but well, still, you know, it's I, just it's it's a it's an unbelievable thing. And like you said, that picture, the the mug shot. I mean, I wouldn't even say the lights are on and and nobody's home because the the look of of his condition from between the way his face looks, the neck brace, and just uh, like he he does not look like he, anybody's there. It, it, it's just he frightening. Doesn't. On top of that, um, I I think like as you pointed out with Josh Jacobs early in the season and some of the other issues, you know. 
they were worried when they put a team in Las Vegas about gambling. They were worried when they put a team in Las Vegas about many things. Um, and Partying, everything of that nature. I was going to say that was brought up for the away teams. A lot of the time was, oh, is, it, is there going to be a Vegas flu thing? And I, I'm starting to wonder, is there an issue? Because they thought, oh, that the guys that live there, they'll get over it. Is that really the case? Is this one of those things where these guys have? And, and that, that what bothers me about this is it's not somebody that doesn't have the money to call an Uber. This isn't somebody that doesn't have multiple options. And, and last I right. checked, doesn't the NFL have like some kind of insane, like basically like player babysitting service? So if you decide you're going to go do something like this, or most teams have something like this, where if you decide you're going to go out, they will pick your ass up and drive you everywhere? I, th- I think they do, but I don't think legally it can be enforced due to yeah, the NFL oh, players technically being um, independent contractors. Yeah, no, like they can't force them to, but I'm saying like if right. he, like you have that option. Now, I'm sure there's guys that don't want the team knowing that they were out till four in the morning or whatever, but like there there has to be a, a I don't know, there there has to be some kind of light in your head that goes off and just says, I, I should not be doing this because are we going to imagine that this is the first time that he's done something like this? I mean, look, to to drive that speed, to drive with that much alcohol in your body, he's done at least one of those things in the past. That There's no way that's a that's a one-time only offense. No. Um, no. I, I mean, when I say offense, I mean, it's not the only time he's done it. There's no way. No. That's speculative. I'm not being accusatory. But uh, yeah, and, and as far as, uh, you know, options, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's there, there's driving services nowadays that'll help anybody, not just rich people, you know, yeah, Uber, exactly. Lyft, all those things. And considering his wealth and status in the community, I mean, you don't have a limo, you don't have a driver. Uh, even worst case scenario, you slum it and you you hail a cab. But it's 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 this lifestyle that these players become accustomed to. When, I mean, look, he's driving a nice sports car, and he's driving it the fastest he can to probably impress the woman he's got in his passenger seat side. Who was you know? it in the thirty for thirty? Um, uh, the ex football player that talked about helmet syndrome, but he talked about the fact that like football players are really because basketball players you recognize, you know, you see them, you know. Football player is the only sport where you can't tell what that guy looks like. Nor like the average person would not know what that player looked like. And so right. they football players try the absolute hardest to show off, to be the one spending money at the strip club, to be the one doing this, to be the one doing that. And I, I have to wonder if part of that's not in this. You know, is he I th- I think there's a very good chance of that. Um at the end of the day though, you know, what he did uh y- People could sit there already. Uh, Giants wide receiver Kadarius Tony has come out in defense of Henry Ruggs uh, on Twitter, which is just laughable to me. Um, and I, sadly, I'm sure he won't be the last person to do so. You know who it was? It was Andre Risen. That's who it was. Okay. That was explaining the the <clears throat> not the signals, but like these the 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 things that football players will do. Now, the other thing that I, I left out and that. Uh, again, you have another player with a, he's got a loaded gun in the car too on top of everything else too. So even if he just gotten stopped for that, that's an issue. So there is just um, multiple layers to this that uh, you know and and every layer is just worse than the other. Sure. And I mean, look, I I think the one thing, granted this is not the most important thing that occurred in this situation, but the one thing that is uh kind of flying under the radar is that he had a loaded gun. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure what Nevada's gun laws are, and I'm not getting into any sort of gun debate. I'm not saying you can't own a gun, uh, but you know, you're driving drunk, and you're going that fast, um, and you end up taking someone's life. Oh, and on top of it, you have a loaded gun 
in the back of your car. And something tells me uh, that won't be the last we hear of, of that part of the situation as well. But um, for all intents and purposes, I would be shocked if Henry Ruggs ever plays another down of football. Yeah. No, I think he's – what are they saying, 20 years? Uh, yeah, that, that is the possible sentence plus the yeah. uh, six additional years for the drive, uh, reckless driving, although that yeah. might you know get him out on probation for at least that charge. But he would still possibly serve time uh, up to 20 years possibly for the DUI with, uh, with, with resulting in death. Yeah. Well, we'll move on because uh, unfortunately in this world, things like this happen. And to be quite frank, while the victim should be in everyone's minds – um, and, and part of me for saying this, this scumbag really doesn't deserve any more of our attention. Uh, so moving on with the news, uh, this is still kind of a downer story, but I guess it's uh, more upbeat than that last one. Uh, because earlier today, it was announced that Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers had tested positive for COVID-19 and will not play against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, a source confirmed to ESPN. The NFL has considered Rodgers as unvaccinated since the start of the season, sources confirmed to ESPN, and is first reported earlier today by NFL Network. However, that was never publicly disclosed. More on that in a second. Under league protocol, if Rodgers tests positive and is unvaccinated, he must quarantine for a minimum of 10 days and cannot return until November 13th at the earliest, but that's only if he remains asymptomatic and has two negative tests in a row. Rogers, 37, had an alternate treatment prior to the start of training camp, sources told ESPN. And he, he then apparently petitioned the NFL for that treatment to allow him to be considered the same as someone who received one of the approved vaccinations. After a lengthy back and forth, the league ruled that Rogers would not get the same consideration and would be considered unvaccinated. Sources said Rogers follows masking protocols while interacting with players and coaches inside the team's headquarters at Lambeau. However, Rogers does not wear a mask while in the media auditorium during his weekly and post-game news press conferences. The Packers have put other unvaccinated players on Zoom instead of at in-person media sessions. So already there's a bit of hypocrisy here. It, it uh, just, and it gets weirder and weirder as you go. That's right. Rogers, the reigning NFL MVP, said this past August to the press that he was, quote, immunized, immunized, whatever that word is. <clears throat> immunized. Uh, yeah, he, he has immunity uh, when asked about his vaccination status. Uh, earlier today, Packers coach Matt LaFleur uh, would not comment on any player or coach's direct vaccination status. He was asked whether Rogers' use of the word immunized may have been misleading. Uh, that's a great question for Aaron LaFleur said. I'm not going to comment on it. By the way, Breaking down the definitions real quick. Vaccination, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. Immunization, a process by which a person becomes protected against the disease through vaccination. The term is often used interchangeably with vaccination or inoculation. So before anyone goes there, it's the same thing. Whether he said vaccinated or immune, uh, he had immunization, he was saying the same goddamn thing. He may have been trying to step around it, but he was implying that he was vaccinated. And he just straight up lied about his status. The NFL on Wednesday said there were, uh, they were, quote, aware of the current situation in Green Bay and would be reviewing the matter with the Packers. So Rodgers despises criticism so much so that he actually lied about being vaccinated so that he wouldn't be criticized for being unvaccinated. And it is now being criticized because of that decision that was meant to prevent to get him from being criticized. Think about that for a second. And think about how just dumb this is on his part. I mean, clearly... Rogers heard the COVID-19 vaccine could help protect his family, and he just wanted no part of it, I guess, because he hates his family. 
there's not much to add on the Rogers side of the story, Phil, but please feel free. However, what I really want to hear from you is how this impacts the Packers this coming week against the Chiefs and maybe even additional time outside of that. Um, obvious outside of the obvious fact that one of the greatest quarterbacks ever isn't going to be under center for your team this Sunday. As I can say from having had COVID, this this ten day that everybody's talking about ten days. That's ten days if he's symptom free. Ten ten day minimum, you know, Correct. if he's symptom free. If he has symptoms, I don't know what the NFL policy is for additional days on top of that. He can miss more than one game. He can miss. He can miss possibly three games. So I, I do have that information. Okay, for, there we go. For, for for being unvaccinated, if you continue to show symptoms, it basically just keeps doubling up. So if you after that first ten days, you do your first test and you are still showing symptoms and or show positive, it resets back at ten. If you're vaccinated, you just have to show two clear tests back to back. So, I mean, we're, I don't know. Again, I, I'm trying to actually look up their schedule to see well, like where well, they, they have the Chiefs this Sunday at the very least. Yes. I was going to say, I just don't know when their, uh, their bye week is. They got a game against the Seahawks the week after. So you could end up foreseeably losing him against the Chiefs and the Seahawks right now. Now, Seahawks not really a threat, but Chiefs, Chiefs are, are kind of are on they? their, are they? I said, are the Chiefs a threat? Well, I was gonna say they're on their last leg here. Like they are, they they know they have to win every game. And right now, if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, doesn't that kind of give the Chiefs that little extra, little I extra it, boof, boost coming I, into the game? I, Jesus, I can't talk tonight either. I, I I think it does, but I also think at the same time, just to throw chaos in the mix, you couldn't ask right now in the NFL for two better defenses for Jordan Love to get his first two career starts against. Yeah. I mean, That's my true. God. Uh, Bob, have to be two of the bottom in the league. I don't have the stats in front of me, but the Chiefs' defense has just been porous over the last month or two, and Seattle, you know, as we've discussed, hasn't had a good defense in about four years. Very, very true. So, yeah, outside of that, I think Green Bay is going to have to rely on their running game. Um, and this, I, it's just, um, again, amazing because he really thought he was going to get around this and i guess the assumption was oh nothing's going to happen you know oh i'll be i'll be fine i'm not going to get it if everybody else is careful and then i'm careful and however you want to put it blah 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 blah. but yeah man i mean this is this is just an absolute another example of somebody just doing something stupid when again look his choice but the, the the thing that he screwed himself over with here is the lie you know, and, and it uh, looks agree. even worse I, for the team. Like, how do you as not I've, know? Right. As I've expressed on the show numerous times, I, uh, I, I obviously, I, I believe everybody should get the vaccine. I think everybody thinking there's some sort of microchip they're going to implant in you when you're walking around with a fucking iPhone in your pocket is ridiculous. Uh, but that being said, whatever. Okay, his choice. 100% he screwed himself here with the lie. Uh, if he had been forthright, I mean, look. I really don't like Cole Beasley after the shit he's pulled this uh, offseason and the beginning of this season with the stuff he's had to say and the uh, harmful information he's been spreading. Uh, and I will give Rodgers credit. At least he's not doing that. But at the end of the day, at least Beasley was up front. Exactly. At least, he, he, yeah. You said it in the run and not in the rundown and what you were explaining. He did this to avoid criticism. Let's face, let's, let's face the fact. He didn't do this because of some. 100%. Some more he didn't he didn't come out with some moral stance or even like whatever you want to say with Cole Beasley. Aaron Rodgers just tried to avoid it. Yeah. He he flat out tried to avoid this. Yeah. And I mean look, it's it's it I don't want to draw too many parallels because these are two completely different things. And I am not saying that 
Aaron Rodgers is on this level of, of, uh, of a human being. But, you know, our first two stories tonight are about people who thought they could skirt the rules because of who they were and what they did for a living. Um, and if that isn't the definition of America in the 21st century, I don't know what is. Uh, but uh, all right, moving on. Next story. There's again, there's a lot of news to cover here, guys. A lot of stuff has happened just in the last three days. And for this, we're going to go all the way to Cleveland, which, by the way, uh, Phil, with your outfit tonight, I got to tell you, when I when I first hopped on cam, I actually thought you was I'm talking to Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I, uh, I actually got hired over the week as a special advisor to the Cleveland Browns. Well, I mean, look, they could probably use your help at this point uh, because there is drama in the dog pound, which is still the dumbest name for a fan base ever. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, the once promising looking future of the Browns is getting murkier by the day. Uh, this coming courtesy of Jake Trotter over at ESPN.com. Odell Beckham Jr. might have played his final game with the Browns as Beckham's reps are engaged with Cleveland general manager Andrew Berry on the next steps for the wide receiver. Beckham was told by the team to not attend Wednesday's practice one day after his father posted comments on social media just absolutely trashing Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. Coach Kevin Stefanski said Wednesday afternoon that he had not spoken to Beckham in the past 24 hours, asked whether he was preparing to play without Beckham on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals or whether Beckham was no longer a member of the team. Stefanski said, quote, I would just tell you today he is excused and we will see where this goes. However, it came out later in the afternoon that a source source told NFL's Tom Pelissero that behind closed doors, Stefanski had told the team that Beckham will not be with them for the rest of the season. Beckham is under contract for two more years, but has no guaranteed money left on his deal. He has a $1 million roster bonus due on the first day of training camp each of those seasons. The Browns would save $15 million on their salary cap if they were to trade or release him during the offseason. Now, if the Browns were to release OBJ, he'd then be subject to waivers. If claimed, a new team would inherit the rest of his deal, which breaks down as follows. He would be due $8.05 million for the rest of 2021. And then in 2022 and 2023, exact same numbers, a $13.75 million salary plus a $1 million roster bonus and a $250,000 workout bonus. But again, both those years are not guaranteed money. So essentially, if they were to cut him, someone picks him up, you are getting him for the rest of this year, and then you can cut him or let him walk and see if he will resign with you or elsewhere. And that is me breaking down football for dummies. Now, while the lack of chemistry hasn't been a secret, especially this season, the situation did escalate on Tuesday morning when the aforementioned Odell Beckham Sr. posted a video on Instagram highlighting times when Mayfield didn't throw the ball to Beckham when he was open. Beckham Sr. responded with three green check marks in the comment section of a post that said Mayfield was, quote, either hating on Odell or he just don't want him shining. Beckham Sr. also responded with hashtag big facts to a post that called Mayfield mediocre. At his normal Wednesday media availability, Mayfield said, quote, if he's back, we'll work through it. I can put my ego and pride aside to win. So take that for what it's worth. Beckham had one catch for six yards in Sunday's 15 to 10 loss to the Steelers. Mayfield targeted Beckham again late in the game, but the wide receiver went up for the ball with only one arm and failed to come down with the catch. Cleveland's passing game has struggled in recent weeks as the Browns have fallen to four and four. Mayfield ranks 27th in quarterback rating with a disgusting 42.2 and has only six touchdown passes on the year. Beckham, meanwhile, ranks as the 151st wide receiver in the NFL, both in receptions per target and 139th in receptions per route run. Uh, And let it be said, both players have been battling through pretty severe shoulder injuries uh, this season. So, Phil, 
is there a, is there a curse about teams that our show roots for? Because things looked uh, so promising for both the Browns and the Panthers, and and now we're at where we're at with both franchises. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Phil, it was rumored that a deal was in the works between the Browns and Saints to send Beckham to the New Orleans Saints, uh, this coming courtesy of ESPN's Kimberly Martin, uh, but no deal was reached by Tuesday's deadline. So with that said, where does everybody go from here? Mayfield struggled all year. He's playing hurt, and there has been rumbling, rumbling since the beginning of the year that maybe he's not the guy Cleveland wants to hitch their wagon to. The big question coming into this season, and even after his stellar week one performance, was is this enough to get Mayfield the money he quote unquote deserves from the organization? Beckham, let's just be honest at this point. He's had more mediocre to bad years than he's had good years. I mean, you'd have to go back to probably his, his time on his rookie contracts still with the giants to remember when he was a steadily good to great player. The man clearly has emotional and anger issues as well. I mean, does anyone remember the Josh Norman fights or the crying on the sidelines or the fight with the kicking net that the kicking net then hit him back? Uh, so this seems like a bad situation on all ends. Uh, Phil, with the Browns, things are not going according to plan uh, for, for the team of GPP or for just the team of Cleveland, for that matter. So what's the outcome in here, uh, here in your opinion? And is there even a winner or a loser in this scenario? I think the loser is OBJ in all of this. I think we're all losers. Um, I, I think he's in a good situation in Cleveland, and he has to acknowledge the fact that there are other talented players around him and the fact that, you know, it's it's not like New York where you you pointed out he hasn't been an elite receiver since his time in New York. Now, he has had two 1,000-yard seasons, uh, one in 2018 his last year in New York, and then his first season in Cleveland he had a 1,000-yard season. But he only had four touchdowns that year. Right. He hasn't had double-digit touchdowns since his third year in the league. Um, on top of that, He's only had two seasons where he played 16 games, and let's give him the benefit of a doubt. Let's say his his second season, the 15-game the season, they sat him out. So he's had the other seasons four games, seven games, and then this year he's missed time. So right. he's – I don't I, – I have, you have to give him the tag, oft injured. You have to say that. He is often – Extremely. Uh, he started his NFL career injured. His first season, he didn't play till week seven. So, but then everyone forgot about that because week eight he had the catch. Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to go into. He makes unbelievable plays. The the guy is a, is a highlight reel, but he's also a head case, and we've seen this every year, whether it be his on-field antics, his off-field antics, the boat picture. Um, you you expect this from him, and the shame, yeah. the, the shame of it is, is again, Baker Mayfield, well, I'm, not, I'm not jumping on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon anytime soon, but... I mean, the guy did lead them to an eleven and five record last year, for Christ's sake. And you know, he is whether we want to say it, he's extremely injured. You know, I know oh, the guy's going time. out there every week, but he is the shoulder injury that he has. There's no way that's not affecting what he's doing on every single play and every single motion he makes. Of course. So they're they're making a decision based on the health of their quarterback to run the ball. And I'm sorry, I don't think I can destroy the Browns for that reason. And you know, okay, Odell's dad's his biggest fan and all that, but, I mean, again, you're going to be a fan, you're going to be realistic. You also have Nick Chubb to run the ball. It's not like you're handing off to a schlub. Like, uh, not to mention his backup is Kareem Hunt. I mean. <laughs> so, 
I just, I don't know. I, I don't get it necessarily. I can understand being unhappy because you want more touches, you want the ball more, you're, you're not getting it, but you've also been out. Now, maybe there's something deeper here. You know, maybe he was, was told in the beginning of the season, now you're going to sit. Like, like, remember there was always, every week was a question, is he going to play, is right. he going to play, is he going to play? I wonder, is there is there bad blood with the organization just in general that we're not really aware of? You know, we've we've definitely seen this from other teams before where star wide receivers, <coughs> Antonio Brown, have that issue happen. So, I, but yeah, I think he's the loser in all this because now you're, if you had issues in New York and you were, you were shipped off to Cleveland, that's, that's already strike one and strike two. Who's really taking a chance? Who has the, yeah. who has the, who is the charisma to take him? Brady's not going to take another guy down there, all no. right. And and you where you can't fit. If, if Beckham's issue is getting the ball, then he definitely ain't going down there. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'll look, down. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. If Odell Beckham ends up on the Buccaneers or the Rams, I'm done with football this season. Well, I was going to say those are two teams that I think of that that go okay. You, you have the people that can kind of say sit the hell down and shut up. The Packers right. are the other one, you know, or the Chiefs. But none of those teams are going to take him. Right. It's too late now anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, so Odell Beckham uh, may have played his last down of football, not just for the Browns, but in the 2021 season. Um, obviously, this is still a developing story. Look, I, I do think we need to consider baiting OBJ's dad into like some some Baker Mayfield hate, like get the show exposed somehow with that. Oh, that would be great. I was going to say uh, I had a really, really inappropriate comment for that. Should I go for it? I don't know. If, uh, about if, if Odell you, Beckham liking, liking well, women defecating on his chest? No, I was going to say if oh. you if you're catfishing somebody, right? But since it is the dog pound, right? If you're right. trying to fool somebody that's a fan of the Browns, is that dog pounding? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> My mind went elsewhere, but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll call that dog pounding. Uh, moving on. Uh, so more more news again. This is a news heavy episode. Uh, let's get some actual football news now that some of the dramatic stuff is out of the way. Per ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Denver Denver Broncos have traded outside linebacker Von Miller to the L.A. Rams in exchange for 2022 second and third round picks. As part of the trade, the Broncos also agreed to pay nine million of Miller's remaining nine point seven million salary owed in twenty twenty one, meaning the Rams are just on the hook for what would be the equivalent of the vet league minimum. Uh, Miller, thirty two, has been in the NFL for eleven seasons, all of them spent with the Broncos. He's an eight time Pro Bowler and has been a first team All Pro three times. He played a key role in helping the Broncos win Super Bowl 50 and was even named Super Bowl MVP. He is absolutely beloved in the city of Denver, not just for what he does on the field, but what he does off the field. He found he founded Vaughn's Vision Foundation, try saying that three times in a row, which provides children in Denver with free eye exams and glasses. And he's also done events in the Denver community for years. Uh, local news in Denver caught up with Miller literally as he was leaving the Broncos facility for the last time. Here is Miller speaking to Ryan Green, courtesy of CBS4 in Denver. You know, surprising. You know, I love you know the Denver Broncos. You know, all the everything is just still you know new, and uh, you know it's hard to you know really put the emotions into words. You know, this is all I know. This is, you know, this is all I you know ever you know ever knew playing a pro. Pro sports here with here with the Denver Broncos. I've you know been here through the ups and the downs. And, you know it's always tough whenever you 
whenever you leave, though. But I, I love all my fans. I love Broncos country. When I said Broncos for life, I meant that. And it'll always be on my heart. Just honor and the privilege to, you know, play here. John Elway picked me in and, you know, it's life changing. You know, ever since then, you know, being able to play with Peyton Manning, DeMarcus Ware, Champ Bailey, uh, Brian Dawkins, Tim Tebow, you know, all of these guys, man. And it's, uh, it's an honor and a privilege. And, you know, it's, it's still kind of hard to put it in words. It's still kind of raw, but thank you. Thank, thank everybody. You know, off to LA. I get that, you know, he's probably <laughs> friends face, with the guy, but. The face you made when he brought uh, up Tim Tebow. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> The I mean, look, he just—the look of absolute disgust that you had. He, oh. he, he just named like a slew of Hall of Famers and then rounded it off with Tim, Tim Tebow. Let's just throw that in there. Uh, with the I think I broke Phil. With the Broncos at four and four after a three and zero start to the season, coupled with Miller's impending free agent status this coming off season, the time was right for the Broncos to really begin to commit to a rebuild that's seemingly been in the works since Peyton Manning retired, and the picks in exchange for Miller if used right, should do just that. Uh, Miller will now become part of the Rams' defense where he'll join forces with, how is this fair, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey uh, to absolutely terrify offenses around the league. Miller has four and a half sacks with nine QB hits in 2021, a decent rebound after he missed the entire 2020 season with an ankle injury. Over his 11-year career, Miller has 110 and a half sacks, 225 quarterback hits, and 142 tackles for a loss. Uh, Miller was knocked out of the Broncos' Week 7 game with an ankle injury and did not play in Sunday's win against Washington. However, Sheffield reported that Miller will make his Rams debut in Week 9 this Sunday against the current number 1 seed in the AFC, Tennessee Titans. The Rams, by the way, have just thrown out any regard for the 2022 draft. Um, check this out. Their current draft picks, their first-round draft pick, traded to the Lions. Their second-round draft pick, just traded to the Broncos. Their third-round draft pick, just traded to the Broncos. They do have a compensatory pick because of the Rooney rule. Uh, their fourth-round pick, traded to the Texans. They own their fifth-round pick, uh, traded their sixth-round pick to the Patriots, and traded their seventh-round pick to the Dolphins. So they currently have one pick and one compensatory pick in the 2022 draft. So they are the definition, I guess, of all in. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my first comment. Absolutely. They are, yeah. they are all in. So as someone with their favorite team, uh, both of us, that is, uh, being in the NFC, let me just say first and foremost, this fucking sucks and is extremely rude. Uh, in reality, though, this is a huge upgrade for the Rams' already stacked defense and the team as a whole, and the Broncos seemingly do the right thing by at least shipping the surefire, surefire Hall of Famer to a legitimate contender. Like I said, the Rams are officially all in. Uh, Phil, let's hear your instant reactions. Winners, losers, season outlook, have at it. Losers are the fan base of Denver, as well as I feel like somebody like me. I This... He Von Miller in his thank yous or however you want to put it mentions somebody that this reminds me of. Reminds me of Brian Dawkins leaving Philadelphia. It just doesn't feel yeah. right. Like it doesn't. And, and I understand. Look, good for the Broncos because they are in a rebuild. They're sending him off to let him get one more chance and a hell of a team to go to to get a chance to win again. Um, but yeah, it just I, seeing him in another uniform is not going to feel right. It never will. Uh, it's like Emmett Smith to the Cardinals. It just is not going to. You know, Miller's probably going to be there for two to three years. You know, sure. he, could, he could be there for two to three years. And so even when he is, I don't think I'll ever get used to it. Um, but like like we just said, the Rams are all in at this point. I think uh, this does help them. Um, I think, again, surrounding him with talent, which we have seen um, in the time that he was in Denver, when Denver was at their peak for the defense, makes him way more... 
dangerous. And, you know, it's a, it's a good fit. L.A. runs the 3-4 defense that Von Miller is known for. So it's not, it's not a square peg in a round hole. He's going right into a situation that's going to work really well for him, I think, once he's healthy and able to play. So very well put, and I agree with all of it. Uh, but I think this next part of the story warrants at least being brought up because originally, while this was just a rumor after the Miller trade got announced, uh, it has now at least been somewhat confirmed. Uh, apparently... Miller expressed some very odd behavior in recent weeks that was becoming a, quote, legitimate disruption in the Broncos locker room. Uh, Miller became upset when teammates declined to kick in for his annual Halloween party. It's apparently a massive affair with a six-figure price tag. This year, uh, it featured Quavo from the hip-hop act Migos. You remember Migos, right? Yeah, Quavo. But uh, Quavo, Quavo, whatever. Raindrop, (laughs) drop top, smoking on cookie in the hot box. Fucking on your bitch, she a thought, thought, thought. Uh, anywho, Miller's request for financial help came as a surprise to his teammates. They had assumed they were invited guests to the party, not co-hosts. Miller even wanted rookies to contribute several thousand dollars for an event. They had no role in planning. Reportedly, head coach Vic Fangio, uh, Fangio and general manager George Patton became aware of the rift uh, that may have factored into the team's decision to move on from the eight-time pro bowler, despite the Broncos sitting, believe it or not, just a half a game out of the AFC's seventh seed. Uh, Broncos tight end Noah Fant confirmed key portions of the report during an appearance on Stokely and Zach. That's right. Brandon Stokely's got his own radio show. Here's that clip courtesy of 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Kind of sad that that got out of our locker room. Um, I feel like that should be something that stays in the locker room. I, I guess I'll clarify for it. It's, it was a situation where we were planning on having this Halloween party. Then we had dropped a couple games. Vaughn had contacted everybody in the group chat saying, hey, like, I'm thinking about canceling the party. You, you know, we want to win games. we got to focus on winning games. That was his biggest thing, being improvement driven. So he did try to cancel it. Guys still wanted to have it. And then it kind of went south from there. I'm not going to go into details. Uh, he, we ended up having the, they ended up having the party. I did not attend, but I, st- I had a conversation with Bond afterwards. And uh, I still paid just because if I w- if I knew I wasn't going to go, I should have spoken up and said something. I try to hold to my morals and values. These guys own. Every guy has different different thoughts about that. But I would say that the fact that that kind of got out into the media is kind of sad to hear that it that it got out of our locker room. So they should never you know leave the locker room or leave the the team setting. So uh, that's all I can really attribute to that. And yes, it's not just your ears. Fant was extremely congested during that interview, so much so that it made him get a COVID test and it came back positive and he was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list later on that day. (laughs) So that's that. Phil, anything left to add on this particular item? No, that is crazy that that did get out. But that's the kind of stuff now that, that is in the public eye and that everybody finds out about. And these are the stories that used to be books 20 years later. Sure. Um, all right, moving on. So you kind of corrected me on the name there. I was, I was shocking. Usually I'm the rap guy. I know. I'm, I'm a little, a little proud you, of myself. You, you, you a big Migos fan, Phil? No, I just know it's, it's relevant uh, with the children. No, uh, it's you, not, uh, like, it's not quite like Wu Tang. It's not for the children, but it's, it's relevant with the children. Fair enough. You ever, uh, go to sleep in a jacuzzi, wake up right next to a two piece, nah. counting your paper like loose leaf. Are you getting that chicken with blue cheese? Uh, no, is your chick I, bad I, prefer, bougie? I prefer ranch personally. Oh God! Any look, it, you know, you had your food ran a few weeks ago. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm just going to say this because you brought that up. No ranch or blue cheese needs to be used on wings. There, I said uh, it. I'm with you. Yes. No. I do not. Yeah. I do not need to have that on wings. But okay. No. Since we're here, uh, boneless wings, though. I'll be honest. I think boneless wings are a fraud. I think they're a sham. 
They're a sham food. Oh, it's just um, chicken fingers. It's 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 cut up chicken fingers or chicken nuggets, depending yeah. on what shitty bar you go to. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't consider those wings. I consider those chicken bites. But would you um, would you da- would you would you dabble in the? Uh... No, I personally don't like either dressing, so I wouldn't use okay, it no matter then. what for anything. Um, but if people wanted to use it for boneless wings, sure, go. Because I was gonna say but, Gators. I love the mix of their hot. They're they're hot. They're they're boneless bites with with the ranch. Just, just sure. Like I mean, look if, if people like it, people like it. But much like my opinions on soup, I shall not, I shall stand firm. I shall stand <laughs> tall and proud. Um, was about to say something really fucked up, but I'm going to stop myself. But uh, moving on, more news because uh, the injury bug was was biting <laughs> across the NFL this Did week because NFL rushingly. <laughs> NFL rushing, I am exhausted. Okay, so this this might not be the best show. NFL rushing leader Derek Henry underwent surgery Tuesday on his injured right foot, and coach Mike Vrabel said on Monday that the Tennessee Titans are not putting a timeline officially on when he will return. Henry did have tests Monday to check the severity of the injury after he finished Sunday's 34-31 overtime win in Indy. Vrabel said he knows Henry will do everything possible to work himself back to help the Titans, who currently sit as the number one seed at a 6-2 record. Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Henry is actually expected to miss the rest of the season, but may have a chance to return in time for the start of the playoffs in January, should the currently number one seed in the AFC Titans actually make the playoffs. So let's just go back for a second here. This is the definition of what an MVP should be. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Titan, oh, the yeah. Titans are the number one seed in the AFC. And there's a realistic discussion right now that they might not make the playoffs because they just lost a player. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's not a quarterback, you know. Um, it's just wild to me. Now, it gets wilder because then future NFL Hall of Famer and former child abuser Adrian Peterson who is fifth on the league's career rushing list, is initially or was initially signed to the Titans practice squad with the expectation he would be added to the active roster, likely before Sunday's tilt against the Rams, a source told Schefter as of press time uh, that has now come to fruition. He is on the active roster for Sunday's game. Henry, the two-time NFL rushing champ, went to the bench early in Sunday's game. He was shown on TV with his right shoe off and talking to trainers with six minutes, three seconds left in the first quarter before he returned. Henry finished with 28 carries for for 68 yards and a 2.4-yard average, which was his lowest this season. He played 54 out of the 73 offensive snaps. Henry currently leads. Now, this is crazy. Insane. Henry. Yeah, Henry currently leads the NFL with 937 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns through eight weeks. The only ones close to him in those categories are the Colts' Jonathan Taylor with 649 yards and James Conner with eight touchdowns, which admittedly that's a little bit closer. He also has a league-high 219 rushes, well ahead of second-leading rusher Joe Mixon of Cincinnati, who clocks in at 137. So there is a very good chance... Henry stays in the lead in at least two of those three categories, perhaps throughout most of the month of November, which is incredible. Uh, So obviously, Phil, this is a huge blow. Henry, as we just discussed, was having another monster season. He is, was, and probably always will be till he decides to hang it up, be the backbone of this team. Uh, But you've now taken away the most important piece of the puzzle when Tannehill will be Tannehill. And something's been off with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones all season. Now, you call Adrian Peterson up, who wasn't running on third down or long yarded situations at the tail end of his prime almost a decade ago. He's definitely not doing it now. So when AP's out there, defense is reading run 100% of the time. So 
I don't know how I feel about this personally, but Phil, your instant reactions to the injury, the rumored timetable to return, uh, and what does this current, what in your opinion, what does this do to the currently, again, number one seeded AFC team, the Tennessee Titans? Let's not forget, Greg, that one of the things we never expect from Derrick Henry is to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. He has 18 receptions already, which is one short of his career high in a season. And that's on 20 targets meaning he caught 90% of the balls thrown to him for 154 yards on top of that. So like he was adding an aspect to his game that he never had. We're not never had, but like he was that far ahead on right. on like career numbers as far as that goes and it's just unreal as far as the injury goes. This is it for the Titans, but it's not. This <laughs> it's not because here's and this is the only thing that's saving them. They have two games against the Texans yet. After the Rams, they play the Saints, they also have the Jaguars, they have the Steelers, and they have the Dolphins on their schedule. So their schedule is extremely friendly to them for the rest of the year as well. Very true. So I could see them making it back. Now my if you were if I'm if I'm in charge of this whole whatever, I I don't take the risk of it. I don't take the risk of bringing him back or rushing him back. He is that important to this team. I don't think the conversation is about rushing him back. I think it's more so oh, well, if he's ready for the playoffs, I mean, you got to bring him I, back. I don't know. I don't honestly, I don't know. I if he if he he has to be 100% well, sure. ready. Like like no chance. I, I mean, I, there's never no chance, but like it better be, you know, oh, he like there's he's not going to end up with the same injury again kind of thing. Like this can't be uh like we've seen so many times before guys rush back, come back for that, and then aren't fully themselves because anything short of what Derrick Henry normally is, I guess, is better than, you know, 75% of Derrick Henry is better than most guys. But he, like, you don't want to risk losing him right now in the absolute prime of his career coming off of the best eight games of football this man has ever played and quite possibly some of eight of, I mean, out of eight games, Greg, he had five of them with over 100 yards rushing, and I'm not talking about just over. One, he had 182. One, he had 113. 157, 130, 143. That's unbelievable. It's insane. In this in this era, not even like just, I mean, in every, any era, this would be great numbers, but like the fact that he's doing this in an, in an era where literally teams are throwing the ball 50 times a week, and we, we're not batting an eyelash anymore. We just think it's normal. And he is single-handedly, like, the running back position in the league. Yeah. I, I mean, look, it's it's he's putting up numbers, like you said, that I don't want to say have never before been seen. It's but video in this, game. It, it's absolute video game numbers. There is no way. Like, you cannot compare this to uh, over the course of these eight games. The It's the, it's the video game. Right, he is. He is not like he's it, human, it, but he's not. Yeah, it, it's video game numbers, and it's numbers that you were seeing back when, you know, NFL teams didn't throw the ball. And I don't mean that facetiously. I mean like literally back in the time of the NFL, where it was literally just a running league for the most part. Um, he's putting up just absolutely insane numbers. So it is a bummer. And as somebody who uh, has always said, the Titans are my chaos team, my chaos emerald, if you will. Um, does kind of suck that probably they won't be able to inflict the amount of chaos that I would like them to inflict upon the NFL's hierarchy. Uh, moving on, and finally, Derrick Henry's wasn't the only major season-changing injury to occur Sunday. Per Kevin Patra, coming at you 
over at NFL.com. Jameis Winston's season is prematurely over after suffering a knee injury in the Saints' Week 8 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported Monday that an MRI confirmed Winston suffered a torn ACL and is out for the season, per a source informed of the situation. There's also damage to the QB's MCL, Rappaport added. Uh, the diagnosis confirms the initial test that Winston tore his ACL after being dragged to the ground by linebacker Devin White early in the second quarter. It was a very ugly play where the quarterback's left knee bent inward on the illegal horse collar tackle. Yeah. Uh, absolutely brutal news for Winston, who was attempting to revive his career under Sean Payton's tutelage. After sitting behind Drew Brees last season, Winston earned the starting gig for the 5-2 and two Saints this year. Uh, authoring an up-and-down campaign, the quarterback did do a better job of negating the big negative plays than during his years in Tampa. Winston finishes his season having completed 95 of 161 attempts for just a little over 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns with only three interceptions, believe it or not. Uh, As far as the plan of succession goes, uh, Taysom Hill is expected to clear concussion protocol and possibly even suit up this coming week. Meanwhile, Trevor Simeon was the one to step in for Winston on Sunday, going 16 for 29 with 159 yards and one touchdown. And what I can I feel like I can unironically say was probably the best game of Trevor Simeon's career. And it really wasn't that great Uh, elsewhere. You would think, uh, you know, by this point, Cam Newton would seem a natural fit somewhere. Uh, And this seems like a fit, but Sean Payton shut down that idea immediately during his Monday morning uh, media scrum. And then on Tuesday, believe it or not, old man Rivers, Philip Rivers, managed to climb through the unfortunate pile of 64 children in his home to randomly say, hey, if the Saints would call, I would listen. Uh, And that's where we come to your analysis, Phil. First, what did you not like from Winston's play in 2021? And what did you like? Uh, Additionally, Do you think that Simeon's performance Sunday was a better fit to finish the season? Or do you think Sean Payton's wet dream of trying to make Taysom Hill a thing finally happens? What about Cam Newton? What about Phillip Rivers? What about Brock Osweiler? All right, maybe not him. But (laughs) what say you on the Saints quarterback situation with Jameis Dunn? I think the Phillip Rivers thing, it's just Phillip Rivers trying to get out there and maybe get out of his house. Uh, Cam Newton, I, I <laughs> look, why not? Why not? Look, you need somebody on the friggin' roster at this point besides Taysom yeah. Hill and Trevor Simeon. Why not? You know, league minimum or something if he's willing to come in. I guess a media circus aside, you don't do it. I said this before when we were when I was placing bets on, on Jameis Winston getting the starting quarterback gig, and I got really excited over the weekend. I was like, see, I told you all. And then I realized that Sam's like, Taysom Hill was in concussion protocol, you, you <laughs> asshole. But I kind of felt like they would skip over Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback and put Trevor Simeon in and still use Taysom Hill as what he is. And I I still believe that. I actually still believe that that Simeon's going to see 60% of the snaps on Sunday from the quarterback position at least. Taysom Hill is not going to be the true starter. Will they use him a lot? Yeah, they'll use him a lot more, but it's still going to be the gadgety, runny He's not gonna drop. He's not gonna be a quarterback. He, Taysom Hill is not gonna suddenly. He's not even gonna be a Jalen like a Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. He's not gonna be that guy. He's right. just not. So I I don't think that occurs. Um, something I liked about Jameis Winston's season, I thought that I, realistically, I thought New Orleans was doing a good job limiting what they were asking him to do. He only threw the ball. The, the most he threw the ball was thirty five times against Seattle last week or two weeks ago, however you want to look at it. Um, but prior to that, they had him in the low 20s, uh, kind of limiting that, and he was making better decisions. 
like you pointed out, three three interceptions from a guy who the, the couple years ago threw thirty five and thirty five, or thirty three and thirty five, or whatever it was. Um, no, it was thirty five and thirty five. Okay. I know that because it's my favorite sports statistic of all time. Like he led the league in touchdowns and, and interceptions. interceptions. Um, so yeah, like you you say to yourself, that's there's no way you go from that to what he did and, and only having three interceptions without some improvement. So he was starting to look good. He was the personality seemed to be working in, in New Orleans. He seemed to have the team working with him. They were they were using Alvin Kamara. Uh, the uh, appropriately and and keeping the ball moving that way and not asking him to do everything, um, he he was he's getting sacked but not any not at some a, a massive rate that makes you concerned uh, like some of these other teams. You know that's that's going to happen once in a while. You're going to take a couple sacks against the team. So uh, overall, I I think we have to kind of give him a little bit of credit for being better than maybe what we expected. Sure. I think that's definitely worthwhile saying because, uh, again, while he hasn't looked like uh, what he may have been touted as being coming out of college, he certainly looked better this year than as an all-around player. He's looked better this year than he has in any of his previous years uh, just from the interception statistic alone. I'm going to use a term. Going to use a term here. uh Uh-oh. He he looked slightly better than a game manager. Ooh, slightly above the uh, Dalton line. Like, Like you... He wasn't. I don't think Jameis Winston was going to single handedly win you a game, but this season he wasn't the reason you were losing. Well, look, hey, all jokes aside, that's a step, I guess, in the right direction in year eight of your career. But hey, fuck it, man. Look, a lot of shitty quarterbacks, I guess, have had somewhat career resurgences. It's just unfortunate that we'll never know if this was going to be one due to this, uh, uh, unfortunately, timed injury. Not that any injury is ever timed well. That does it for the news. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Drinking and driving is a serious problem that threatens everyone on the road. About 112 million times a year, U.S. adults drink too much and get behind the wheel. The number of drinking and driving episodes has been decreasing, but the danger is still very real. Crashes involving alcohol-impaired drivers kill nearly 11,000 people each year. If you're drinking, designate a non-drinking driver before you start. Call a cab or get a ride home. Never let your friends drink and drive. Even if If you don't drink and drive, always wear your seatbelt and encourage everyone else in the car to buckle up too. Seatbelts reduce the risk of serious injuries and death in a crash by 50%. Remember, drunk driving is never okay. Choose not to drink and drive and help others do the same. To learn more, visit www.cdc.gov slash vital signs. There is no around the league segment this week. We figured, look, with all this news, something had to be cut. And look, I mean, it's been three, four days. You guys have known the scores. Come on. You don't need to hear our opinions on it this one week. We'll be back with that next week. But we do still have to do the Pick'em game. So, oh. Phil, let's start off with the recap of the results from week eight. Hit oh. me with some sort of shot, maybe a shot to the head. We we should probably both be set out back after the week we had Greg. Nice. Uh, I will take a mea culpa here. Greg, I I took as my lock last week. Um, The Detroit Tigers 
or the Detroit Tigers. Wow, that's Whoa, how, that's how good my shit. week was. The Detroit Lions, uh, who were absolutely just wiped all over the floor by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, my my apparent rants against the Eagles and their inability to run the ball must have gotten something done. Uh, but Greg, you got a plus two on that one, while I took a negative two. So that's a big, that's a four point swing there. Correct. Our first you know, lock off. We want to we want to uh, point that out. That is a four point swing in one game. Uh, the other one I took a a bloodbath on. Greg, I picked Jacksonville to go in and beat Seattle, uh, mainly based on off the fact that Seattle was without Russ Wilson. Um, and I, I just ate that. Being one. fair, not being well. fair. I, I think it was, it was you were hanging onions there, but I think that's an all right pick. That reasonable reasoning behind making that pick. At and least. I felt like Jacksonville would take advantage of that. Come in hyped up. Hey, this is our chance to beat Seattle in Seattle. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they blow it. Um, right. In fact, Greg, my picks were so terrible last week that for the week I was negative five. My goodness gracious, negative. Five. Well, now that you prefaced it with that, why don't you just hit me with how bad I did? Greg, you were much better than I, with oh. negative one. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us gained ground in the positive, but you gained four points on me, Greg, bringing, bringing our week eight results. I am at 36. You are at 22. So you are within 14. And like I said before, I mean, we had one four-point swing this week already, Uh it's, we're not even halfway through. Well, we're like whatever. There's no halfway point the, through the season anymore. No, there it's is. Uh, the, after this coming week, week nine will be the halfway point since there's 18 weeks in the uh, in the season. But now. still, but 17. Well, yeah, true. Actually, I guess because the pick'em game isn't 17 weeks; it's 18. Correct. But, but yeah, Correct. so yeah, yeah, we don't. We technically we did get a bye week for the we pick'em. Did, yes, we did. But <laughs> two weeks. Um, ago. Yeah, dude. So that it was not. <laughs> I just sat there watching that game. Oh, motherfucker! I locked this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to get into Eagles talk because I could say a lot of things, but uh, wins a win, I guess, whatever. But that week's in the books. While we're at where we're at, let's keep it going and move right into our picks for week nine, starting with Thursday Night Football. All right, and for Thursday Night Football, uh, <laughs> the New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts. And that, was a, that was another pick last week that just destroyed it didn't it didn't kill both uh, yeah. yeah the fact that cincinnati lost oh, uh. to, to the mike white led jets and by the I, way never heard of the guy but i do have it on good authority from a clip i saw on twitter so you know it's legit already on <laughs> wfan in new york this past week conversations are no. uh, should we should we no. keep mike white and and get rid of Zach Wilson. Oh, um, so it has begun. Oh, but uh, cool. Jets at Colts Thursday night football. Look, all season primetime football is delivered at least once or twice during any given week. Something tells me Thursday night football might not be that, but you never know. Maybe Mike White versus Carson Wentz lights it up. But Phil, who do you got? Jets I, at, I, uh, Colts. I have to say the the Jets are living a little too high on the hog right now. I'm going to Indianapolis. All right. Uh, yeah, I think the safe bet is Indianapolis, but I do feel kind of saucy. Uh, now nah, I'm going to stick with the Colts. Uh, all right, that does it for Thursday. Let's move it on over to the best music in sports and the 1 p.m. Sunday slate. All right, for the 1 p.m. slate, first up, the much, much maligned Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants. I... I hate to do this, but I think I'm going to go Giants. I got to go Giants, too. I'm typically not a believer in, uh, you know, oh, my God, their heads are elsewhere. But 
their heads are elsewhere. <laughs> there is yeah. a lot going on right now with that organization. This is probably the least ideal season any organization would want to have. Uh, so as much as it pains me because I don't like this team and uh, they're not good, I'm going to go New York Giants <laughs> as well. Um, uh, also, Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. Going Saints here. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to go Falcons, believe it or not. Uh, I think the Falcons have been on just a tiny bit of an upswing even after they lost last week. Um, I think if they can get Kyle Pitts figured out, which I, I, maybe it's just Matt Ryan sucks now. Maybe Matt Ryan was never good. Maybe Matt Ryan Ooh. just had one good year. Uh, maybe that's a spicy take for another time. But uh, I'm going to go Falcons here just because first week with a new quarterback, no matter who it is, whether it's Taysom Hill, whether it's Trevor Simeon, whether it's both, uh, it definitely at this point won't be a free agent because we're already on Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be Falcons. Next up, the Buffalo Bills at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to go first. I take the Bills. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both. I mean, come on. Jesus Christ. Uh, after that, another maligned team, the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals, the Battle of Ohio. I, you got to give this to Cincinnati coming off the New York Jets loss. I mean, and, I, and the Browns are just so beat up. Yeah, the way the Browns are, I would give this to the Bengals if they were coming off a Jets uh, a win against the Jets. Uh, I'm going Bengals as well. Then we got the New England Patriots at the Carolina Panthers. Re- rematch of Super Bowl. This is something. This is also just a. This feels like a trap game for whoever you pick. This, yeah, I was going to say which team. Like this, this could be a letdown for either of them, or this is the death nail in the season for the for the Panthers. Uh, but Greg, I think I am. Well, just I, remember. We have to make a pick for Team DPP, and oh, we just fuck. both picked the Bengals. So I think by default, we actually both fuck. have to pick the Panthers. Yeah, all right, Carolina it is. So we're going Panthers, uh, both of us. Uh, thank, thank God you took a second there. Otherwise, we'd, we'd, be, yeah, we'd be breaking our own rules, which obviously yeah, everyone listening is going to Look, the points are all made up, and the rules don't matter. Nice. Whose line is it anyway? Whose show is it anyway? Not ours. Snoop's back. He is he? Down. Yeah, he came down for the show well, tonight. Look, I, I said back in February that one day uh, 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 you would have me killed, you would be arrested, yeah, and it you... would become the Miz and Snoop show. Uh, next up, the Denver Broncos, now Von Millerless at the Dallas Cowboys, who might again be Dakless. Yeah, but Denver's in the bigger tailspin. I'm telling you, Dallas. I also am taking Dallas just because I said it from week one. Denver were frauds. They're still frauds. That was the fakest 3-0 start uh, that I can F- remember. I'm faker than, than Pittsburgh start last year? 7-0? Yes. Ooh! Wow, yes. you hated that Pittsburgh start last I, year. I did hate that Pittsburgh oh. start. We weren't even on the air, and I know how much we, you hated we that weren't. start. I, I hated that Pittsburgh start. Ooh. The Pittsburgh Steelers, to me got exposed in the game against the Eagles last season where it really the Eagles were playing at their absolute worst and they barely I'm talking down to the last seconds barely beat the Eagles in fact I think that game went into overtime um you know so at the same time though the Steelers still turned that into a playoff run so even though they got knocked out right away Playoff runs a playoff run at the end of the day. You can't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no. yeah I, I could sit here and dissect my opinions on what playoff runs really mean, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I do think the Denver Broncos 3-0 start was one of the more fakes. Sham team. Sham. 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 And, uh, but, but if they want to have a real Halloween party, let me know. I can't get Migos. I could probably get, like, Lou Bega. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just referenced Lou Bega, but... 
Uh, all right. Minnesota Vikings at Baltimore Ravens for the one o'clock slate. Ravens. Going to be a good game, I think, uh, even though I think the Vikings are another sham team because Mike Zimmer, I just don't think, is a good coach, and Kirk Cousins sucks. I'm going Ravens as well. They literally then- put out the other day on, on fucking national TV, brought up the Mike Zimmer every other year theory. Yeah. They really had to drag that out. Uh, and I mean, look, next, if, if that theory follows, that means by this point next season, he will have taken knives to stuffed animals and hung them throughout the locker room like he did the year they went to the NFC Championship game and lost uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Uh, and that does it for – oh, wait. And finally, for the 1 p.m. slate, the Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins. How could I forget that game? Oh, yeah, but I'm going Miami. Uh, I think this is a game that Tua has to prove something. Otherwise, you know, he, he's the guy that's getting screwed in all this talk that's happened. Uh, he's got to prove something because either he's going to stay on the Dolphins and need to prove he's worth the starter or he's uh, he's got to show off to potential suitors. I'm going Dolphins as well. And with that, we send it over to reruns of Jag and Nash Bridges Ooh. and the 4 p.m. slate. I'm just going to reference every old shitty CBS show. Whoa, don't you uh, dare call Jag shitty. That gave us, what was her name? Catherine Bell. Was that who that was? It did give us Catherine Bell, but it also gave us Jag. <laughs> Sorry, I know I know Phil's a fan of Jag. And uh, what, what was that movie? Uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai? Now, now uh, the, the one with Brad Pitt shirtless. Oh. <laughs> Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall. That's how Phil spends his Saturdays. He watches Legends of the Fall, followed by a Jag marathon. No. Uh, for the 4 p.m. slate, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Phil, just a quick stat. And I'm not, not look, I'm not trying to do anything funny. Statistically, regardless of position, over the last three weeks, Justin Herbert has statistically been the worst player in the NFL. I'm just saying, maybe this game isn't as close or isn't as far off as people think. With that said, I'm going charge. All right, Greg, I am actually going to show a little bit of faith here. Oh, and uh, I'm a I'm a pick the Eagles. Look, Eagles win this game. It's a season. It's suddenly not a rebuild. And, and you know what? Oh. As, a, as a mayor culpa for last week, oh. I feel like I owe it to them. Oh. I'm going to lock it up. He's going to lock it up. Uh, next up on the 4 o'clock slate, we've got the Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think i got to go Chiefs. <sighs> this was going to be my lock game, but and certain dipshits want to lie about just hitting a needle. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and then finally for the 4 p.m. slate, the Arizona Cardinals, who may be without the following players. Kyler Murray, DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins, A.J. Green, and Chase Edmonds so this against is the, the San Francisco 49ers. This is a preseason game in the middle uh, yeah. of the season. Yeah. Uh, with that being said... Even though you're saying nay, I'm assuming they will be without them, and I'm going to go San I am actually going to stick with the Arizona Cardinals, and even with these injuries, I think this passes the smell test. I'm going to lock it up. Ooh. That's what's called hedging your bet, because now, after I've made this lock, if Murray ends up playing, I look like a genius. <laughs> if none of them play, 
It's the worst lock in the history of this show. I don't know why I'm pointing at the camera like an evil Portu- Portuguese dictator. Do they have dictators in Portugal? I don't know, but it sounds uh, right. It all sounds right. Good. It feels good. <laughs> the show is just... I told you I was exhausted, so the show just fell off the rails completely. And then now we're on to Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night. Sunday Night. Sunday night. Phil, I got to tell you, uh, the bummer of this all, this might have been a contender, at least on paper, for game of the year until Derrick Henry got hurt. Yeah. You got the Rams defense with Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. You just hit mute on yourself mid-sentence. Somehow I just threw a pen <laughs> and it hit the mute button hard enough on the computer. As I was saying, uh, you would have had the Los Angeles Rams defense with Jalen Ramsey. This show is so awful. It, on my end, you're doing great, baby. Uh, but I don't know why I just called you baby. The Rams with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller and Matt Stafford and, and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Who, by the way, I know he's not listening. He's not going to listen. He doesn't know who we are. If Matthew Berry tweets hashtag he's not your little Cooper Cup, he's my little Cooper Cup, one more fucking time, I'm going to fucking send a pipe bomb to fucking Connecticut. Like, that is really awkward that he does that. Like, it's, it's really, it's it's suspect. And look, uh, just for disclaimer, I'm not going to send a pipe bomb to Connecticut. I don't even know how to build a pipe bomb. Uh, dirty bombing. No, I am not going to do anything like that. But still, it's really creepy. Every time the Rams, uh, and that's why he's my hashtag little Cooper Cup. I want you to put your gun in your mouth and pull the trigger with your big toe. And your fantasy advice sucks too on top of that. I, I don't just tell me who you love and hate for the week. I don't need to hear about the time you wrote an episode of Friends. Or the time you fucking guilted your way out of the set of Avengers Endgame. Die. Where was I? Derek Henry not being here kinda hurts the game. Uh I might have picked Titans, but otherwise I'm going. Uh, Los Angeles Rams. Phil? I, for a moment, thought about giving the Tennessee Titans the benefit of a doubt here. I even thought about locking this game up. Uh, this would have been a very good lock this game if Derrick Henry this, was playing. This would have been a... And, and I still feel like... But, yeah. Nope. Nope. Rams. Yeah. Gotta go Rams. And then, finally, we head on over to Monday Night Football. On a night full of bad news and terrible towels, Justin Fields leads his team into volatile territory in prime time against Big Ben. It's the Windy City versus the Steel City here on Monday Night Football. Phil, Bears, Steelers, two teams that are just painful to watch as my voice cracks. Justin Fields at least looked good last week, I guess, and Matt Nagy's still an idiot. Phil, who do you got? That's the problem. Matt Nagy. So I'm going Pittsburgh. And it's a home game for Pitt. The Bears have had a hard time this season. And even though Matt Nagy, he keeps his shit up, will become the new Jeff Fisher in my eyes. Ooh, uh, I like it. This feels like a game that is... I don't know what kind of career he has, but let's say he has a good career. This feels like the game based on what we saw last week against a better team, this feels like a game that defines 
Justin Fields' Ooh. career, the start of his career. Um, as a matter of fact, Phil, if you'll let me do this for the second week in a row, may I change my lock? All right. Because I'm going to pretend that this is 2016 and the Bears are being led by Matt Barkley and Jeremy Bellamy. And I'm going to try to convince our listeners that it's worthwhile because the Bears are in rebuild <laughs> mode like I did for three episodes straight. And I'm going to lock up the Chicago Bears. All right. I like All it. All right. So that does it for I like the, it. Yeah. That does it for the locks. Again, the rest of the Around the League segment will be back next week. But for time, we had to cut it this week. Uh, uh, Phil, with that, we got two more segments left. They're both yours. Let's hit some college football. Oh, son of a bitch. All right, number nine, Iowa was upset by an unranked Wisconsin team this weekend, 27-7, which just kind of reminds us all again about the parody and shittiness that is the Big Ten outside of Ohio State. Number 18, Auburn managed to take down number 10, Ole Miss, 31-20. And number 12, Kentucky fell victim to an unranked Mississippi team in a 31-17 drubbing the big primetime game Saturday, pitting number 20 Penn State against number 5 Ohio State, went exactly as I predicted, with James Franklin's PSU team dropping their third straight, and Ryan the Day and the Buckeyes looking to secure a college football playoff spot. Last but not least, we stop in at Michigan State as Taylor Lewan and other various Michigan alumni thought they would handle Michigan State in what seems to be now a yearly occurrence the Spartans of Michigan State came back from behind, beating Jim Harbaugh's Wolverines. Greg, this was an extremely entertaining game, and once again, Harbaugh's team struggles to get over the hump of those big games against their big rivals. Last week's games have led to some more shakeups in the rankings, worth noting, Greg. Undefeated Georgia sits number one. A one-loss team, Alabama, sits number two. Undefeated Michigan State is somehow sitting number three, even though they're 8-0. and Well, and speaking of 8-0, and Cincinnati is wondering why they're sixth. I was going to ask. There was a lot of hubbub I saw on the Twitter machine. Everyone was upset about Cincinnati's placement. I didn't bother looking into it because not being a dick. I just, again, I don't follow football enough to even formulate an opinion. I wanted to ask you what so, would the deal was and why is everyone upset? Well, everybody's upset because Cincinnati is sitting sixth behind one-loss teams like Oregon and Ohio State. And if you think Cincinnati has a reason to be upset, ready for this? I don't know if you've heard this. Number nine, Oklahoma, even with the whole Spencer Rattler controversy. Well, they're nine and zero. They're nine and zero, and sitting in ninth, out way outside the college football playoffs right now. The Cincinnati thing um, is basically it's it's conference. You know, look, they're they're playing in the the AAC or AC whatever the All American Conference is or American Football Conference, whatever the hell it is, um, and they're kind of getting shit on because you know what's who were they really playing? And Ohio State's one loss came to Oregon, who Oregon sitting in front of Ohio State. So that kind of is a statement. Uh, Alabama, their one loss was to Georgia. So you're really going to penalize them for that. Uh, and on top of that, the case for Cincinnati is not really going to get much better because their strength of schedule just goes downhill for the rest right. of the season. So that's the, that's the big thing. And Cincinnati has perennially done very well the last 10 years i would say all right uh well as far as this week's games uh, well, uh, they suck 
In fact, Greg, I really <laughs> don't even have any recommendations on what to watch. Maybe a L- unranked LSU versus Alabama, just for old time's sake, or uh, Auburn versus Texas A&M. Other than that, dude, it is just a bad. That's a bad week. Well, look, before you wrap the college football part and we move on to the wide world of sports, I know this is a segment that you usually do the quarterbacking. Uh, I did just want to interject with just one news item here that I found fascinating. Mm -hmm. Texas Longhorns special teams coach Jeff Banks. Pet monkey. Oh, yes. Yes. Allegedly attacked and seriously injured a trick-or-treater on Halloween night. The monkey's jaw reportedly had to be pried off the small child, which in turn injured the monkey. Let me repeat this one more time. The Texas Longhorns special teams coach, Jeff Banks, who was just hired this past July, who left his wife and kids in the cold to begin dating a stripper named I shit you not, pole assassin who became internet famous for multiple appearances on the Jerry Springer show and who has a pet monkey that is part of her stripping act. Don't ask. I don't want to know. The coach's girlfriend's pet stripper accessory monkey violently attacked a child on Halloween. Hook them horns, man. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That. That's it. That's all there is. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? Fanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. Right. Well, Greg, let's stop in on the old barn. Let's check in on the NHL. Sidney Crosby came back to the Penguins on Saturday after sitting out at the beginning of the season due to an injury. Well, only a couple days later, he's out again after testing positive for COVID. Greg, the NHL, I don't know if you've heard this, claimed that it was unbelievably close to 100% vaccination that it could literally claim only four players in the entire league were not vaccinated. Is this impressive? And as winter and colder weather approaches, are hockey and basketball going to put up bigger numbers than football and baseball as far as COVID cases? Well, if the past six days have taught us anything, uh, I think we're officially back in the possibility of Tuesday night football in the NFL with the COVID cases that have been spiking recently. Uh, so I don't know. Obviously, I think it'll be more. Uh, with the cold weather, like is that impressive? And it's or very impressive. Do you because we look? We all know that the vaccine is just what it is. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It just helps lessen the symptoms. Do you think that? Can you say that again louder for the people in the back? Oh yeah, everybody thinks it just makes you like perfectly immune. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Um, like, do you think because we are moving inside with hockey and basketball? And I don't just mean I'm not talking about the fans. I'm talking about the the players. Like we we saw so few numbers. I feel like from what we expected in baseball and football. And let's attribute that to like you know the, the style of the sport, whereas hockey and basketball are you know more touching. Yeah, contact. And look, football is a lot of contact, but it's it's outside. Hockey and basketball are not. So I don't know. Do you think there's going to be a spike when we hit this season or no? I, I um, actually say no. 
I don't know what the NBA's vaccination rate is, although I'd be shocked if it wasn't high itself. I don't think it's close to the NHL. No. Um, but uh, seriously, kudos to the NHL. That That is incredible. Um, that being said, I don't think we're going to be in a situation where we're seeing massive rescheduling of games. I think it just might be a situation like we're currently seeing in the NFL, as of right now at least, where, oh, okay, you know, there's an injured reserve list and there's a COVID-19 reserve list. And I think it'll be a lot easier time for the NHL than the NFL uh, because of how many people are vaccinated. I mean, look, uh, I, you know, the NHL being what they are and how they play and what the sport is um, and having 99, everybody but four people vaccinated. I mean, you're borderline going to develop herd immunity, one would think, depending on what the team's outside activities are outside of the game of hockey. Uh, I'd be more worried about some of the fans coming into the arena, but that's that's neither here nor there. So I think actually the NHL will have a much easier time than maybe people expect. Yeah, going on. The Atlanta Braves, Greg, are officially the World Series champions after defeating the Astros in Game 6 Tuesday night. In what is sure to be the thing we hear about over and over again, this team lost its best young star, was under 500 at the All-Star break, but solid moves and pickups had the team in the playoffs, and guys like Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler were the catalyst to the win, even though Atlanta won over 10 consecutive Eastern Division titles back in the day, Greg. They only managed one World Series in 95. And now, this one in 2021. Again, this team made the playoffs and took out the favorite Dodgers, who happened to take out the winningest team in baseball, the Giants. Who had Your thoughts on the World Series or uh, this season in baseball, Greg? Well, first off, I want to say I think there's a lot of people that actually deserve credit for the Atlanta Braves getting into the postseason and, and causing some upsets. And, you know, they don't have their best player. They go to the World Series and they win it. Um, I, I can actually think of 26 people off the top of my head who uh, deserve a lot of credit, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies. So I think we should give them a big round of applause for helping yet another NL East team win the World Series by just utterly collapsing in September. Um, and yeah, look, as a lapsed fan of baseball and a lapsed fan of the Philadelphia Phillies, um, it sucks. It's it sucks that yet another NL East team has won the World Series in the past five years uh, after the Phillies made all these moves to get Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto, and uh, they haven't done shit with their pitching. But this isn't a Phillies seg. This is a Brave seg. So I'm just going to finish this by <laughs> reminding everybody to go back to our conspiracies episode and listen to the listen to the conspiracy theory about uh, Mark Lemke and what he did with a ball girl. There you go. All right. And uh, smell my mustache. <clears throat> Greg, can you hit the breaking news uh, announcement uh, for us? Whoa. For once. Ladies and gentlemen, I, Uh-oh. I, me, have some breaking news that hit the airwaves just before we came You like on. black oh, guys? Sorry. Show so, your feet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, that was not supposed to play. I didn't realize it was on loop. <laughs> sorry. It's not that. Uh, Greg, the baking, breaking news is that apparently Giants catcher Buster Posey will be announcing his retirement from baseball Thursday, even though the Giants said they would exercise his $22 million option if he wanted them to. So basically, Posey's work, walking away from $22 million. Um, he does have three World Series titles, all in his 12-year career with San Francisco. Greg, in over 1,371 games, Posey boasts a career 302 average 
seven all-star appearances, a Rookie of the Year award, MVP award, and three Silver Slugger awards. In addition, Posey managed to overcome multiple injuries and was one of the leaders in the movement to provide more protection for those playing behind the plate. Posey most recently overcame major hip surgery to play last season. Uh, he managed to appear in 113 games, posting a 304 batting average with 18 home runs, 56 RBIs, and Greg, a 390 on base percentage. I mean, just wow. think exactly, you know, just wow. And over, over his career, he posted a 371 on base percentage uh, with that 302 average. So uh, Posey goes down, in my opinion, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I have my, my 10 year rule. Uh, if you go back in the last 10 years of baseball or 10 year period of Posey's playing, he's in the top three of catchers at all times, basically. I mean, look, all of those accolades end. He's a third cousin of the scream three co-star, uh, Parker Posey. Really? No, I just totally okay. made that up. Uh, no, look, that's an impressive career. Uh, Buster Posey is one of the people that, even when I had fallen out of baseball just completely there for most of the 2010s, uh, was was a name player. And I always talk yes. on the show about name players. Uh, the example I always give is uh, locally, Fletcher Cox is now a name player, meaning yeah. Fletcher Cox is having an okay season this year. Fletcher Cox is still probably making the Pro Bowl because he is an officially a name player. So to yep. me, Buster Posey was a name player. I constantly heard his name. I knew who he was. I knew how he was doing. And he did it uh, from the catching position. You know that's yeah. that's impressive, and and he did it not because of the catching, he did it because of his offense. Like right. like Yadier Molina and the Molina brothers always get brought up because of what they did behind the plate, not as much for what they did with the bat. Buster Posey was a great catcher with with Tim Lincecum, Matt Cain, a lot of got Madison Bumgarner that went through San Fran, and he he contributed to all of those pitchers. In addition to having a three oh two average. I, look, it's an incredible career. I mean, he's got to be a surefire Hall of Famer. I would think, yeah. Right. I don't think he's first. He probably doesn't get first ballot, but he'll No, not first ballot. I mean, first ballot in baseball is pretty hard yeah. to come by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, and hopefully if the retirement does become 100% official, because we all know never say never, uh, I hope that when he writes his article to The Athletic, to the Players' Tribune, it's titled Pocket Full of Posey. Ashes, ashes. I'll see myself out. We all fall down. All right, Greg, that is it for the wide world of sports. <laughs> That's it for this show. Um, well, Phil, uh, a jam-packed episode, uh, a bit of a unique episode with all the news and I guess some of the obstacles I had to overcome here tonight, but whatever. And here we are. I will give it a post-show grade of, I'm going to say, a solid B+. Plus. Solid B plus. I'm in on that. Uh, solo grades, I give myself a C, and I will give you an A minus, which is how it okay. balances out to the B plus. Um, but all that said, shows in the book. Phil, anything left to add? Greg, I have something for you. Oh, boy. Second T time in history now. Today I stumbled across something and thought of you immediately. It was glorious. A colleague of mine uh, obtained a box of records for free and as we we're going through it's, not my, the, it's not my arrest record is no, it no no as we were going through the records greg there was one record in particular that i was astounded to find go on and i really really thought about sending you the picture 
but I didn't want to ruin this moment. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the actual fucking vinyl, my friend. Of the Miami Sound oh, Machine. Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine. Let it loose. Featuring Rhythm is Gonna Get You. Oh, my God. It was... It's- it was. Is, is this person getting away, getting rid of these records? No, they they got them for free. Oh, so for one of the, oh, for one of the the things fuck. we teach, uh, there was there was other some, there were some Beatles albums thrown in there, uh, Elton John Yellow Brick Road, uh, a Peter Gabriel solo album, like a lot of really cool stuff. But right. I saw that and I just lo- I I lost it. I was I was dying laughing and I took a picture. It's- I took a picture. I was like, I'm gonna wait. I won't send it to him. I wanted to surprise you and save it for this moment. With that said. Uh, as always, folks. Uh, uh, Phil, anything left to add? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, no. Uh, remember the time we did a full segment just with that song? Yeah, fucking fantastic. Uh, uh, <laughs> with all that said, I don't know where I'm at right now. I am. I, I am actually delusional. Uh, follow us on all social media platforms: Facebook.com/backslashGPPPShow, YouTube.com/backslashGPPPShow. Phil can attest. The beard is starting to come back in just a little bit here after the sha- great shaving incident of 2021 a couple weeks ago. Okay, I would good. say you guys are one or two weeks away from us recording portions of the show and throwing it up on YouTube. Uh, the way podcasts are going, who knows? Maybe we end up putting our whole podcast on YouTube. I don't know. Uh, we would probably immediately go to jail for all the music and uh, sounds we steal, but whatever. Um, also, Twitter and Instagram, at G, the number three P show. Uh, and as always, please, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on all the ones we're available on apple Podcasts, google play the stitcher app and spotify please 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 for the love of god rate review subscribe those three things are the three most important things you can do if you've already done it tell somebody you know hey do me a favor and quick do this you don't have to listen to the show it's terrible i only listen to it because i feel bad and i'm committed to the end and probably there's going to be an end when i finally lose my mind when phil beats me in the picking game for the second time i digress please leave us a review leave us a rating and subscribe and of course you can also listen to our brand new spotify music playlist which is updated weekly with any music referenced or played on the show uh next week's episode i said i wasn't gonna hype stuff but i figured this was easy enough to hype next week's episode will officially be past the quote-unquote mid-season point so we're gonna hand out a couple of mid-season awards but they might not be the awards you think we're going to be handing out um but with all that said um, I still am kind of shook that Phil bested me in rap knowledge. I'm done rambling. I need to get some sleep because I'm seeing spots for the Father Phil. I am the Reverend Doctor, Doctor Reverend Gregory James Atkins, mercifully ending this show and possibly my life. <laughs> when I say, uh, as always, uh, don't forget to raindrops, drop, drop top, drop top, smoking, no cooking the hot box. Cooking on your bitch, yeah, that, that, that. Cooking up beef in the crock pot, pot. We came from nothing to something. Hey, I don't try nobody, grit the trick. Nobody call up the gang and they come and get janked. Cry me a river, give you a tissue. It's bad and bullshit. Bad. Cooking up with a oozy. My niggas is savage, ruthless. We got thudders and hundred rounds too. My bitch is bad and bullshit. Go fuck yourself. you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Hold up. Hey, we